I'm Jay Thomas, and welcome to Bald Tires, a proud member of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. Some car people are into just one kind of car. That's their that's their thing. Some other people like, you know, to mix it up a little bit, but our guest today likes everything, and he's owned everything in his collection over the years. Trucks, cars, rat rods, hot rods, classics, original cars, highly modified vehicles. He's had it all and still going. Today, Chad Armbruster joins me from Shield Coatings for part one of this podcast to talk about his collection over the years, what got him into cars, and some pretty good stories along the way. Stick around. I'm Jay Thomas. You're listening to Bald Tires, because when you make great memories, you make bald tires. The Saskatchewan Podcast Network is supported by Conexus. Next time you're stuck in traffic for a while, here's some things to think about instead of why the car in front of you is going so slow or the car behind you is trying to hit your ride on your bumper. What if your bank was committed to working with you to achieve your goals? What if they cared enough to get to know you? What if they weren't successful unless you were? What if your financial well-being drove everything they did? Come see why things are different at Conexus. Stop by any branch to learn more about how Conexus cares. The Saskatchewan Podcast Network is also supported by Direct West. Are you a business owner looking for new avenues to promote your business? Direct West's digital billboards are a great opportunity to highlight a new product, new promotion, or anything else you'd like your customers to know about. You can get local expert marketing help for your business at directwest.com. Ball Tires is a proud member of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network, and I find myself on Faithful Avenue in Saskatoon at Shield Coatings, and I've got Chad with me. Chad, thanks for joining me. Thanks, man. This is great. I love uh, having local talent and being able to talk about myself. I'm kind of a loudmouth like that, so <laughs> and it's kind of nice to be comfortable around a guy that uh, you know. I've we've been we've talked a lot. We've yeah professionally and privately and car shows and. Yeah, we've been around the game, both of us, for a long time and around this big city, so. Exactly. Well, speaking of that game, uh, if you're in the car show world or the car world around Saskatoon, uh, guys and gals will will recognize this is the Chad from Calvin's Tire and Wheel. You betcha, yeah. It was uh, 18, 19 years of the dream building and, you know, we turned it into a monster. It took a lot of people to do it. And, uh, you know, when we got from Calvin himself, right, it was, you know, uh, what we saw it going into, you know, it definitely turned into that. So on to bigger and better now, Yeah, and I've, you know, still got a great team there, giving her like crazy. There's still a big, you know, big feat to fill when, uh, when Calvin left us too young, you know, we had a, a lot of people that it took to fill, you know, one person's boots. So yeah, no it's kidding. still a big machine and it's a, you know, it's a staple in this community and a staple in the city and a staple in the car industry. And yeah, every, everybody knows it. It's one word. And I think we did a great job bringing it to, uh, the city and what it could do. Everybody knew exactly what it was with just one word. So. Well, and it doesn't matter if you drive a classic car, a hot rod, a rat rod, um, you know, call it an import. Yeah. You were going to buy wheels at Calvin's tire and wheel. Every, right? Yeah. That's where you went. And it was kind of numb. We would get so such a big spread that, you know, in order to work at the shop, there had to be some something burn inside you. You had to be a car person. No doubt. Those are the those are the the girls and the guys that made it that stuck around for a long time. Uh, so it didn't matter what you know what kind of car you were into. 
uh, imports, domestics, big trucks, little cars, didn't matter. Just wait till tomorrow because that'll likely be there. So you get desensitized to it because you could have, you know, great big diesels and some of the neatest import cars from Porsches to to big Ford diesels and in the same day. So, you know, people would be just driving by and have to stop and, and take photos of it. Like even before there was Snapchats <laughs> and Instagrams and Facebooks, you still had lots of people just stopping by to take a photo of a car that we were just waiting for the client to come pick up. And yeah, it looked good and shiny and we you know, tried to present our product the best we could. So yeah, the car did look nice out front and yeah, we got our personal shots too, but you know, all of a sudden there's just random people. What do you guys do here? You know, what is going on? Like you can see a Lamborghini, you can see a Porsche, you see everything, you know, nice yeah. Corvettes. And we're, you know, we're desensitized to it because we see it so much. And it was such a, a normal conversation that, yeah, we took advantage of it and it was fun to see it and fun to work on it. But, you know, we had to, we have to make room to bring the next one in. So next, yep. you know, and uh, so it was kind of neat to be able to fill so many boots and, to be able to have any walk of life come through the door yeah. and be able to say, you know, we can fix that. Totally, Not totally, totally. But now we've got the, the Chad from, from Shield Coatings. Exactly. Right? Yeah, it was, takes a while to untrain that, that cadence and to re-implement it into new dreams and new builds. So it, yeah, it takes a while, but now it's in, it's in place, you know, so just about celebrating our one year anniversary in the new buildings. Awesome. So it's uh, yeah, it's been a, a fun year for sure. Building from ground up, you know, I've, I've helped build a lot of, a lot of businesses and been involved with a lot of, um, custom shops and automotive repair shops. They've always usually been established and just help to grow them. But to go from, you know, day one of literally putting the first dollar on the wall, the first loony, right? Yeah. You know, uh, that was uh, something I'd never done from, from zero to build. So it was pretty interesting to, you know, I'm a 40 now and to be able to have to start from zero in a business was was an interesting uh, turn of events, that's for sure, to be able to make it build. So. Well, I think um, that there's plenty of people uh, with with sort of the pandemic around the world yeah. who are all in the same category, in the same situation. I'm kind of in the same situation yeah. too. Um, <laughs> give us the the spiel. What's, what's Shield Coatings all about? What, what, what is what this I, place? Like I say, I've been around the car game started getting interested in cars you know 13 14 young kid paper route you know we're gonna we're gonna get into that for sure we're gonna <laughs> delve more to that in a second yeah so i i always washed my own cars i've always uh polished my own vehicles you know i've I, when i was a kid you know polished my bike it, everything i wanted it all to be shiny and i always wanted it to be better and my parents you know taught me take care of something and yeah. you can have it for a long time yep Right. My parents always had a nice shiny car and you always look up to that and you took pride in it because I watched the old man take pride in his stuff. So when I had the opportunity to start a business, you know, it, it's, you know, do I do this? Do I still play with in the industry? And, I'm, and I thought, do you know what? There has to be a one-stop shop just like I'm used to but it has to be for vehicles, for protection. Let's make anything we can do last longer. So, mm -hmm. you know, if it comes down to, you know, preventing rust or stopping rust or soundproofing, paint protections, uh, anything, custom polishing, 
you know, all I want to do is make a car last longer and look better than when it, when it pulled in. And it's, it takes, it takes a handful of people to do that because you have to have somebody that's good at doing that. Somebody that's good at doing that. Somebody that's good at doing all those. Yeah. So it's tough to find that crew of people that wants to work in an industry of pleasing people. Mm -hmm. Not all industries have that, that, uh, that pleasing quality and, and car people, you know, there, there's a, it's a tough crowd to please because they know exactly the people that are coming to us you know, they know exactly what their vehicle is and what it should look like and how they want to keep it looking that way. So, well, I I'm with you the whole way because I think too, like if you talk about new vehicles for a second, it's such a big investment. I mean, they all are okay. Even, yeah. you know, classic stuff and old stuff and hot rods and all that stuff. But even a new vehicle is a, a big expense. Yeah. It's a lot of money. People ought to spend. And I always think, you know, like protect your investment, do the things to protect your, your, the money you spent, because yeah. we all know that new vehicles lose their value. Yeah. I mean, except for a handful, you know, <laughs> most of us can't afford those anyways, <laughs> but it doesn't matter if it's a, a half ton truck or, or, or a car or an SUV yes. or a van, whatever, you know, in a few years, it sure ain't worth what it was when you paid for it. Right. Yeah. But you still got payments for it, all that <laughs> kind of crap. So why not do the things you need to do to protect the money you've put into it rather than just have it completely depreciate? And then, of course, there's the side where we talk about, you know, like classic hot rods and that sort of stuff. I mean, those are real car guys and gals yeah. who then want, you know, the thing that they've built or restored to really look amazing and stay that way, right? Yeah, exactly. So that's you what... Hit the nail on the head. That's why we're here because there's everybody's so specific you can you can get very specific when it comes to well we you got to go to that shop for this you got to go to that shop for this mm, you got to yep. go to this city to get this sir this service done you know to your vehicle yep. where when it comes to the protection that we're offering you know we're we're kind of hitting five different legs of of protection where yeah you do have to go to a couple different facilities in order to get all this kind of protection in one place yeah so you know call it bundling call it whatever you want to call it yep. but you you know i want to take care of the package so so that's what shield coatings is all about let's take care of them let's make them last longer the on our shop door when you walk in it's we've got a big warning right <laughs> yeah. on the door yeah and you know it looks pretty serious uh we're very serious here and when you walk <laughs> in it says warning we are responsible for making your vehicle look better and last longer than you shield coatings <laughs> so you know most people just look at it and they see warning they don't read it because they're expecting it to say you know danger don't keep enter, out of the shop stay out yeah, yeah, yeah. caution caution but the people that you know we'll be doing some paperwork and i'll hear a giggle and they'll be looking past me at the sign going oh, i see what you did there that's cool <laughs> yeah. okay so the other sign that's around here a lot is is wool wax undercoatings that's yes. what you got kind of posted all around here right that's one yeah. of the main things you do one of the yeah, big things that right? is our rust proofing sprays when when i decided that i was going to make the house the protection house i needed to do my homework so you know, we, we've got some competitors here in town. We've got some competitors in, in the province. Mm -hmm. We've got competitors, you know, across uh, the whole country. Yeah. So to find out what products they're using, what I like about them, what I dislike about them, and actually use them all. So, you know, pull from my personal fleet, take a vehicle and get my competitor's job done. Yeah. And just see what's out there, right? Do my homework, make sure that I can offer a product 
that will exceed anything else in town. And I can say, I've done blank to my vehicle. Mine is superior for this reason. Mine, you know, didn't meet expectations for this reason. And, you know, as long as you're honest with people that say, you know, I don't think my product is the best for you. You know, that goes miles. Yeah. If, if you can still keep a happy customer, you know, they might be spending a couple bucks with your competitor, but I'm not going to take a couple bucks just to get the, the vehicle or the job if I don't sell it for myself. So, yeah, you know, so yeah, I used it all, found uh, what I liked about all my competitors, found what I disliked. And because, because it is a small industry, there's not many uh, products out there that I could use. So I had to break into the new markets. What's mm. new out there for rust proofing, rust preventative sprays. And that's when I found um, in the, in the kind of the Midwest of the U S there was a fairly new company called Woolwax that had just hit the market a handful of years ago. I think they're celebrating six years now okay. and they took sheep's wool and uh, sheep fat and they render it down and make this really inert environmentally friendly you know it doesn't have a big odor to it there's no vocs it's not you know it's not from petroleum you know it doesn't have you know no dinosaur blood in it like it's <laughs> it's a renewable resource that's pleasant it's not it's not as expensive as my competitors and I found it. I got a sample sent up to me as quick as I could. And within 20 minutes, I decided this is my product. Cool. Phoned the company. I said, I want 100 gallons of this stuff. They sent me up two 55-gallon drums uh, within the next two days and been loving it ever since. We've got orders placed. Um, usually every six months, we're, uh, well, to date, we, every six months, we have to reorder to get more product. It's just, it's been that great of a product. Um, all my social media is all no drill, no drip. So when you bring your vehicle in, if there's some tight spots to get into, we're not, there are competitors who will just drill a hole put their wands in, apply their product and put a little plug over top of it. All of my wands, all my new pumps, all my, uh, little spray nozzles and stuff are made to get into areas that are already accessible, uh, via even the smallest little hole. I've got my toothpicks ones that are similar to what you see at the dentist where it, it'll go into the smallest little holes and atomize my product in to, pre to prevent rust. Well, that, would, that, that answers my next question. Cause I was going to say, it doesn't just go on the bottom of the car, right? It goes in every cavity that's not painted because exactly. we were talking about this before. Yeah. You're, you know, the paint protects the, the metal on the outside of the car, but they can't paint the inside of the doors when they're building it. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. Uh, and, or, you know, there's, there's lots of unfinished metal yeah. on vehicles. Yeah, and everybody, Even new ones. you know, everybody from the dealer there, you know, everybody says, oh, you're fine, there's warranty, you know, but most of the protections, most of the warranties that come from factory is like two, three years tops for most manufacturers mm -hmm. where, mm -hmm. you know, after, after that, it is a throwaway society that they no. just, oh, just come get a new one, come, you know, bring it in and we'll get, get you into a new one. Well, they don't just take that car and put it into a pile, you know, it gets pumped back into the industry, mm -hmm. lower price, used car market. And sometimes people don't know what they're getting. They're thinking, oh, this car's only got 80,000 kilometers on it. You know, low kilometer unit, couple years old. What a bargain. Well, you know, yeah, they cleaned it at the dealership, but that vehicle hadn't been, you know, it got cleaned four times a year before that. Yeah, yeah. And nobody ever 
thinks, well, should I take the door panels off and clean inside the doors? Uh-uh. We ain't no. got time for that. Nobody does that. No. 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 I want to get home and eat some spaghetti. Let's go. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, our sprays, our, our applications... Um, once again, been in the game a long time. Yeah. You know, I've seen, I've repaired, I've been around, restored classic cars. I know where the danger zones are. I know where that thing is going to fail. And let's just prevent it. Let's get in there when it's fresh and new. Or if you bring me a car that's a couple years old, let's give it a pre-wash. Let's clean it out. Give it a blow. My product doesn't care if it's wet, dry, dirty, whatever. Cool. It's still going to penetrate. It's still going to do its thing. It's still going to stay where we put it. So, yeah, basically mirrors down. We Inside the doors, inside the trunk lid, uh, behind bumpers, some of the pickup trucks and stuff nowadays, we're pulling headlights, we're pulling taillights. Mm, you know, mm -hmm. just, it's simple. They're, you know, the, the vehicles are designed for assembly and, and coming apart. So, you know, I'm not saying we're pulling boxes off of trucks. Right, you right. Because we're with the hoist and the everything that we've got here for working on vehicles we can get at it from underneath from the sides so cool okay shameless plug if people want to know more where do they go uh anything anyway social media instagram facebook uh twitter all the above okay. uh shieldcoatings.ca and yeah you know, uh shieldcoatingsyxc instagram facebook yeah very easy saskatoon even just rust saskatoon will get you okay. in my ballpark so Perfect. Let's do a big rewind. The tape's going to go all the way back to 40 years ago. Oh, yeah. So what made little Chad interested in cars? What, the, the what sparked first, it? I always took stuff apart, you know? I, yeah. And I've got children now where I see that. I see them pulling things apart and not putting it back <laughs> together. And then, and I remember my parents telling me, like, from the time you were a kid, you always took everything apart, always looking for dad's screwdrivers. And how do I get this apart? You know, looking for questions. But I think my, the one that likely kicked me into cars was, uh, my dad's brother-in-law. So my uncle Norman, okay. Small town, Saskatchewan, you know, I think the community was 250, 300 people, but he had the service station on the highway that drove through town. Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So in summer times, you'd go hang out with Uncle Norman at the shop. Uh, little shop, highway service, Esso station. Okay. And he, you know, had some chips and you always, he showed me the trick on how to get free pop out of the pop machine. <laughs> and, you know, watched him fix tires, watched him pump gas, watched it like grind, right? Yeah. Yeah. Making it happen in small town Saskatchewan. There, you know, there was no kind of, I kind of got to go to work. No, you were there at six in the morning. And until the last client left, he just, he was a grinder oh, and, yeah. Yeah. and kind of a, <clears throat> kind of a Popeye guy, right? Okay. He was the uncle that always would squeeze your knee or, uh, you know, always, you know, give you a pinch on the, on the, on your lower back and get you to squeal a little bit. <laughs> that was my uncle Norman. So yeah, watching him and he had a 50, I think it was a 56 Ford four door behind his shop that, you know, for whatever reason, I think somebody had left it there, couldn't pay a bill, so he just stuck it out back. And I remember going and sitting in that car and the smell and the the feel of the paint and the cracked steering wheel. Yeah, yeah. You know, you just, you know, looking back on it now, you think, oh, like, that. those were the stupid moments. Yes. That changed, that built, that, you know, put the footwork in place for yeah for you and i to be sitting here talking about it totally five years totally ago. i think i think i've you know everybody's got some moments like that yeah when i was a little kid 
uh, my actual first car was my grandfather's car, and it was a second-generation Honda Civic when they were, like, itty-bitty little cars. I mean, tiny. Fancy schmancy. Yeah, and, and so like, a 1981. And I remember being uh, four, five, back when, you know, you could put a kid in the front seat of a car, no problem, riding around. Well, they're okay up there. Yeah, that's right. you got a seatbelt on, no big deal. And uh, riding around with Gramps, and uh, he'd just call out the numbers. And I'd shift. He'd push the clutch in. Oh. <laughs> and I'd shift. Yeah, learning, right? Yeah, he just, it was this little five-speed. And yeah. it ended up being my car when I was 16. And my, it was my little sister's car when she was 16. And it, oh. it lived a long life, that little Wowzers. Civic. But, uh, yeah, I was like four or five. So and where shifting. do you keep the photo of that car well, in I, your life? It's, I've got all of the original sales brochures in my garage up yeah. on a wall. Like, so all the brochures for that car for 81 yeah. and, and a bunch of... Uh, ads yeah. out of magazines cut out and stuff like that. Perfect. And I still got the original key for my first car. The car is gone. Yeah. I mean, it rusted oh, yeah. to nothing, but, yeah. but, uh, <laughs> but I got the key still. So <laughs> see, that's kind of neat, right? Oh yeah. And you then, know, and everybody, just like you say, everybody's got a story and everybody's got that memento, right? Yeah. And, or that, you know, like you say, the, all the brochures that I could find, like, even if you found one today, you would find a way to get that brochure inside that display. Oh yeah. For oh, sure. I need, I don't have that one. Yep. I need that one. So I have to put it up now. Well, there's, <laughs> there's one in particular on the wall and it was an ad that Honda did in 81. And it was simply a picture of, um, a little red civic, the same color as mine yeah. going up a snowy hill with bunch of snow in the background and and sort of trees in the background yeah and it just says along the bottom this picture brought to you by honda's amazing front wheel drive right because that was the time oh, when yeah, these are every, front wheel drive every, and that was the, the new thing right because yeah. everything else was rear wheel drive traction and that's the thing is that that's my grandpa's story all the time <laughs> when i was a kid is he'd just brag that there was one snowstorm in 1983 or four yeah and everything was snowed in and the buses were stuck and but I put that Honda through every snowbank and I was at work, you know? Yeah. And like, it's so funny because that's his story. Yeah. And that's the picture. That's yes. the ad, you know? Anyways, <laughs> I digress. So, Perfect. so yeah. So, you had, there's those moments like that, right? Yeah. But you're sitting in that old, you know, car behind the, the shop. Yeah. And full of mice and, you know, Stinky. probably getting hand to the, every minute that I sat in there. <laughs> but always... You know, there was a, there was the front way to Uncle Norman's shop and the back way where it's, you know, just a cow trail. Of, yeah. But he walked to work because it was just a couple blocks away. So, mm -hmm. you know, if we went to Auntie and Uncle's place, I would, they would know where I'm going. I'm going to see Uncle Norman at the shop and I would always walk the back way through the little, tr the little uh, back alleys yeah, yeah. and the, you know, the grass back alleys because nobody drives down them anymore. <laughs> And yeah, you go to the shop and I'd walk by the car and always make sure I took a look to make sure it's still sat there. Like it mattered to me for some reason, right? And then I can remember the day, you know, you start, you get older, girls get into the game and, you know, you don't get to see Uncle Norman as much mm -hmm. as possible. Mm -hmm. You don't go to the house and yeah, there was a family event of some kind and would have been 17, 18 and oh yeah, I guess I'll go, right? Small towns, yeah. <laughs> you know, no cell phone, no nothing back then. Yeah. So we go and I was like, oh, I'm going to walk to the shop. Like everybody was at the family event at Auntie and Uncle's place. Okay. And I was like, do you know what? I'm just, I'm going to walk to the shop. Haven't done it for years. I'm just going to walk to the shop. I went by myself yeah. and I walk and the car was gone. No. And I was like, what? And I just turned around and went right back 
to my uncle's like uncle norman where's the ford he's like oh a guy came and offered me a couple hundred bucks for it like the motor was blowing you know that i was like well yeah but (laughs) why'd you do that that's my car yeah exactly right right so yeah from that moment you know i always had that you know if if i would have been involved with it somehow just a hint more if i would have paid attention yeah i you know he would have just said get the car out of here it'd right? be yours and then it would have been my dad's problem because it would have been on his property <laughs> and he would have been even happier with me <laughs> yeah but uh yeah that was the that was the burn that was the step one of a nine billion seven hundred and fifty five thousand step program so i'm assuming that growing up in small town saskatchewan that you got to drive a car just a little before getting a driver's license. Yeah, oh, it was two days before, I believe. Yeah, very safe, very safe. <laughs> yeah, I think one of the, uh, me and the fellas, I talked my buddies into buying a car. I was like, let's all pool our money together. I think we would have been late 14. Okay. And I think we came up with 75 bucks between four of us. <laughs> and we bought a, it would have been a late 70s, early 80s, uh park avenue oh boy two door mm. uh red velour top couch seats like yeah you, you know i know i'm hitting right where you love it <laughs> anyways we bought this car i think it had a oh i want to say a 307 it was a v8 automatic yeah and we drove it around town right and it was snowy and wintry and <laughs> you're all 14 <laughs> exactly yeah nobody has anything you know i got the buddies in the back they're smoking their cigarettes their export a's being cool guys and windows are down minus 30 and uh yeah we we did that and we hit it at a friend's farm so it was out of town yeah and then we'd go out there we would all snowmobile out there get in the car and go cruise and I can remember I wasn't in it one night and me and the fellas, I think we were on snow machines and I see the car at the end of Main Street kind of half up on a snowbank, and I was like, what did you guys do? You know, oh, it went too fast and hit the snowbank, and you know, damn, right? So <laughs> the the one kid said, oh, I'll get it off. I, I know how to, oh, really? Yeah. So he just put it in rewind and pinned it and it was about 15 seconds of high RPM and spit everything out the pan. Just oh. Engine delete 101 and connecting <laughs> rods and pistons <laughs> and gears and block pieces and, and it just peppered the snow underneath the car because it was boiling hot and when it came apart, it just, it just the grenade block everywhere yeah oh well that's great you know way to go good thanks, job thanks a lot yeah. yeah you know i just lost 21 and a half dollars <laughs> jerk so what did you guys just leave it there uh geez no i think uh we had a one of my buddies had an older brother with a diesel so we phoned or didn't phone him. we went to the house on the snow machines told him to come and tow us <laughs> And uh, he pulled us off the snowbank, and we're like, well, what do we do? We can't, the car's no good. Yeah. Right? He's like, well, let's tow it out to the town landfill, right? Oh, my gosh. Oh, okay, sure. So I'm driving the car, and young and dumb, you think, like, what would be more fun than getting towed at a ridiculous rate in the middle of winter (laughs) in a car with no engine, no brakes. (laughs) No power steering. No power steering, and a land yacht. So, yeah, we ended up on the way out to the landfill and I'm I'm trying now to get stuck but the diesel pulling us like he's got nothing he just 
who, what car, right? Yeah, so, gone. And he's nailing it and driving as fast as he can <laughs> on the way to the landfill. And I'm trying to hit the ditch and get him stuck. Like, why we survived, we shouldn't have. <laughs> Everybody should have been dead, dead, decapitated. So then I figure, oh, I'm going to open up the door of the car as I'm plowing through ditches. I can't see nothing. And everything's broken. So I figure I'm going to open up the door and jump out. <laughs> and then just let the car go. Who cares, right? <laughs> well, I open up the door. Didn't realize I was that far into the ditch. And the door smoked a telephone pole. <gasps> and it at Mach 3000 slammed shut and shattered the both the driver's side and the passenger side window. Blew it all impression. out. Oh my yeah, God. Just, and then glass is everywhere. And the side of my face is cut. This is a good story. I'm glad you brought this up. This is good. Mom, Dad, I'm sorry. This uh, You're not supposed to hear this part of Have that. Have you ever told this. this story yet? Negative. No. No. What's wrong with you? <laughs> I'm not going to tell my mom she just about lost her son at 14 and a third. That's probably just the first story, though. Oh, yeah. There's maybe. many more to yeah. come. Before I start getting into the danger zones, just give me the warning, okay? <laughs> Hit the red light. We don't need to get it deep into those. Oh my God, that's funny. Yeah. You tow it out there, you guys just drop it off at the landfill. Yeah, well, you, you put it in the, you know, near the tire pile and you hope that... It's got tires on it. Makes yeah, sense. Yeah, exactly. That's where it belongs. Yeah. You know, and then, oh shit, we might as well siphon the fuel out of it. We need the fuel <laughs> for the snow machines. Yeah, nothing you at ever least, goes you like, At least take the plate off of it. Oh, what plate? It was never oh, plated. Oh, that's right. It is never plated. What am I talking about? You're 14. Yeah. You couldn't license a car. No. That's silly. That's perfect. They didn't know whose it belonged to. <laughs> yeah. Genius. Yeah, exactly. So what was your what was your first actual car? Like, okay, how about this question? What did you take your driver's license in? Uh, driver's license was a 91 Plymouth Acclaim LE. Oh, that's hot shit, hey? You betcha. Four doors, of course. Yeah. Silver. Yeah, Chrysler's yeah. finest hour exactly, as well, yeah. the early 90s. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty handy because, like you say, driving just a little bit before you actually had your license, my parents' car was the exact same vehicle. So comfortable behind the wheel, you know, yep. comfortable with e-brake already, comfortable <laughs> with, the, with the console shift. Every I was comfortable with everything. The e-brake specifically. Yeah. So, yeah, to be able to take the driver exam in the same car, same color, same shifter, same everything, parallel park, you know, everything that you were afraid of was no problem. That's I, hilarious. I felt like I was at home, right? So, yeah, I can, uh, it was, you know, got my license on my birthday, yep. made the appointment, you know, months before because uh -huh. I'm getting it on that day. There's no options here, you know, and uh, just getting in there and having the car, I was like, oh. Cause we had done some driver training in it. So yeah. It's like, please be the acclaim, please be the acclaim and roll up. And I was like, Ooh, there's a silver bullet. I got this. <laughs> so what did you, what did you, did you have a car of your own at that point or had you bought in something uh, already? Yeah, actually I bought my first car before I had my license. Mm -hmm. uh, the old man was a, was a bank manager. So oh. imagine like the financial talks that I got before I was <laughs> 21, right? And uh, I told the old man, a friend of mine uh, was selling his Camaro. It was a family 87 IROC, oh. beautiful red car. I'd driven it a couple times. Uh, wasn't great with the stick, but could manage. Yeah. So... He said, you know, if, if I sell this car, would you be interested? 
uh, yeah, I'll just talk to my dad, right? He he lends people money all the time. This should be no problem for a 15-year-old kid with no job, really, right? I was pumping gas, but, that, you know, living at home and, and trying to do the best thing you can. Yeah, yeah. So I go talk to my old man and he laughs. He's like, are you kidding me? You have got to, you're drunk. There's something wrong with you, kid. What, like... <laughs> Who in their right mind is going to loan you money to buy a sports car? Anyway, so long story short, I got the loan. Really? Yeah. Really? He made me go and talk to the the loans manager. You know, I thought this was going to be easy. Like, hey, pops, chop, chop. You know, where do I sign? What was the car worth? What were they asking Uh, for anyways? It was $8,700 in 1996. Well, that's a pretty... Nice chunk of change. Yeah, you betcha. Because that, that, that was worth more than the acclaim, yeah. right? Like, oh, yeah, definitely, yeah. So, uh, you know, I had to have the car, though, right? Had to have the car. So, yeah, went and talked to the loans manager. And yeah. because I had already been, you know, I started paper route at 13, 14. So I've already got two and a half years of pay stubs, you yeah. know, like yeah. from the post boy or the paper boy. You know, there wasn't much of one, but I had records and, yeah. you know, the computers were just kind of coming in back then. So yeah. everybody, you could see where, you know, my pay is coming in. And then I had a paying job where, you know, get paid once a month and pumping you know, gas. Yeah. Yep. And I had all the requirements, you know, was I the banker's son? Yeah. But, <laughs> you know, he he was, no, you are not buying this car. What are you going to do with it? Like, what are you going to do with that much car? And I was like, it's, you know, it's my, it's, it's my dream. Yeah. I love the car yeah. and you know, my dream of 15 minutes. Right. But, uh, yeah. So went to the loans matter, got the loan, got the car, plated it and it was my baby. And you know, that's when the poison started. That's when you go, Oh boy. Like, so I think my payments were, I think 186 a month or something, <laughs> right? Pick your number. It was it was less than your taxes on your house now. Yeah, yeah, per day. Yeah, per day. Yeah, and I I thought, oh, wow, you know, like I got to step it up because you know not only am I going to drive it, I got to plate it. Yeah, because the old man said, like, good luck, you ain't getting nothing from me. Like, you take <laughs> care of that car. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so just started working more, and I would start. You go to school and then at coffee break or at, you know, at recess, I would run across the street to the gas station that I worked at, sell all my friends junk food, you know, and put down, you know, 11 minutes of, of work time and then rip back. And then at noon, rip back to the gas station, sell all my friends pop and stuff like that and chips and, you know, 14 minutes, you know, and clock in every minute. But the boss was good with it. Like he this was, kid eh? is going to grind for you know and run to here so i don't have to work so i can go home for lunch give her yeah no kidding yeah so uh you know imagine adding up those time sheets his wife did the books and you know seven minutes 14 minutes 17 (laughs) and a half minutes like who does this what a bunch of jerks (laughs) so yeah had to had to make that money because you know i need to put fuel in the car too working at a gas station worked Cause you know, the boss would usually give me a little bit of a charge account, you know, oh. 15 bucks here, or 20 bucks there yep. for fuel. Yep. And, and I'd write it down in the book, you know, Chad has, you know, $21 fuel and 
uh, you know, by the time the month end of the month came around, all of a sudden I got a hundred and twenty dollar fuel bill and thinking, oh no, like, <laughs> do I got enough to pay, pay for the, the car? car? Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's awesome. So, yeah, and uh, and still got the car to this day. I never sold my. You first have it. Car. Yeah, so no. I, I've got a 15-year-old at home now, and that's going to be his first car. So, so how much is the loan going to be for that? I don't know. I never <laughs> thought of that. I had to pay for it. That little... Oh, that's it. Oh. I'm going to break some news to him tonight after this. Sorry, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Blame Jay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, inflation, it's a classic car. Right? 1987. Yeah, it's got to be worth at least 600000 That's right. <laughs> that's awesome oh, no is it still in good shape oh yes yeah yeah it like in my heyday i went through a few engines in it you know driving oh. the hell off of it yeah um so currently it's in limbo i've got one of my very last engines that i built with way too much horsepower ran on av gas and oh. lubricant like who builds stuff like this except idiots right <laughs> when you could still get an engine block honed and bored for a hundred bucks it was great yeah, you know, yeah now you're a hundred bucks a hole a cylinder yeah, yeah that's right so yeah so right now getting it ready for the new engine going fuel injected uh keeping it a five speed still but from the exterior um mint original really red t-tops so yeah, i want to grow the mullet and just get into it one yes. more time if a guy still could you should oh yeah uh did so you you actually like you you blew engines up but you never actually put this thing through the ditch or through some barbed, no. barbed wire or nothing like that no never you ever, actually ever. took care of it yeah Good i never uh, i was never the i was always the driver it didn't matter if it was my vehicle somebody else's yep. vehicle yep. if we went out everybody oh just get chad he's he doesn't drink and that was my that was my childhood. I got to drive some of the coolest yeah. stuff, you know, five liter Mustangs. You know, that was those were the cars. Oh, Fox that body stuff when it was all coming stuff. out, right? Yeah, yeah. So I got to drive everybody's. You know, we were small town Saskatchewan, so there were some uh, wealthy families that had, you know, their children were in in nice cars, nice trucks, you know. Uh, neat stuff. So yes. I got to drive all that stuff, and nobody else did. But uh, you know, I had enough uh, to say. Do you know what? I'm not going to drink because I'm having way more fun. You know, getting people <laughs> to and from parties and driving some of the coolest stuff in town. Yeah, yeah, dreamy. <laughs> <laughs> so you've owned. I asked you this question before, like. Yeah. Over a hundred cars, probably. Yeah, nobody's ever asked me, hey, and how many cars have you had? And do you know what? I would I, I would have to bug my parents. I would have to get a lot of people involved, like friends from back in the day. Yeah. Uh, my wife, like we've been together a long time since we were kids. Yeah. And yeah, to put a number on it, I think I would likely get red-faced thinking about that number <laughs> when it's done. And like, okay a hundred cool cars or does that include the bgvs the growing grown-up vehicles um oh yeah yeah in total just yeah anything with a v8 in it for sure yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay so what if we go for say some of your favorite because i every time i've seen you over the years you've had some other wacky cool thing you're working on or driving or fixing up yeah a cab over truck or something gigantic thing with duels on the back and <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then there's this there's this rat rod you know in the in the shop right now you've got that's yeah. this Ford that's pretty cool so like what are some of the what are some of your 
favorite builds you've done? Favorite? Yeah, because you uh, must, like, there are all these yeah. cars you've had. There must be some that really stand out in your mind that you go, oh, man, that, that really is one of my favorites. You like, know, I've, I've cut my teeth on a lot of, a lot of shiny stuff. Um, you know, stuff that's been uh, big dollar builds. Like, even even to be able to be part of some of the projects that went to Barrett-Jackson, some yeah. projects that do SEMA. Um, you know, there was a group of guys here in Saskatoon that got together and thought, you know what, let's, let's take such a great, talented group of people that we have mm -hmm. in and around our province and in and around Saskatoon especially... Let's put some cars together. Let's put a couple units together and find a cause. Let's just find something that we can, everybody can build this vehicle, donate everything, try to make it as low cost as possible. And then we'll take it to the biggest platform in the world and sell this thing and then give a check to some great charity, right? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, for a pipe dream, you're looking at it like, sorry, what? Yeah. <laughs> you're gonna do what and who's gonna be part of this yeah. you know no sorry you're dreaming a bit big this is saskatchewan right you can't think that big in saskatchewan you'll get shunned <laughs> but uh yeah there was there was a group of fellows that came together uh local dudes that have been in the car industry for years uh they've been you know hot rod shops dealerships uh, artists, like some of the coolest fellas that I love to hang around with and just shut my mouth. It's tough for me to shut up, but when I get around <laughs> some of these guys, I want to just absorb as much as I can because they're, they're so intelligent and they're, all of them will take their shirts off for you to, to get you further. Anything to, to be better than what, you know, they, they just want to facilitate. They want to help you. Well, I think that's, that's really true of the whole car community in the province, but especially in our city in Saskatoon yeah. is that like everybody's, it is a small community actually. Oh yeah. Right. And there's a lot of people know a lot of people and everybody, at, at least it seems from my perspective, wants to help everybody just grow and further themselves and be yeah. better and all that. So it's really positive in that way, you know, like yeah. you were talking about. Yeah. And, and that's, it could go the other way, right? It could be really nasty and it could be really mean and it could yeah. be really sour, but it's not. And that's really cool that it's that way. Yeah. That it's such a good, you know, like I think we have the same caliber of people here in our city and in this province, just like, and like what ends up on TV out of West Coast Customs down in the States, just that we just Easily. don't, we just don't have Hollywood next door yep. to be shooting this, this kind of stuff. We make just as cool shit around here, if yep. not cooler with some of the amazing custom builds that get, that get done around here. And, and uh, like, I look at you and I see this stuff you make and I go, holy <laughs> shit, that's amazing. And then you stand in somebody else's shop yeah. and you're saying the same thing that I'm saying about you. Yeah. It's, it's all desensitized, right? Like, you know, you got 1929 within reach. We've got 1987. We've got 2012. We've got 2019. You know, like uh, I'm desensitized to it where do I love it? Every single second of it. Yeah. But yeah, to watch you walk into the shop and go like, what in the Sam hell is going on in this place? <laughs> you know, yeah. like you, you, where else can you walk in and, and see that? And yeah, for, for me to walk into a shop and see that, like it's got to be, you know, unfortunately it's got to be, it's got to blow my socks off yeah. to, to see stuff. And yeah, when you, when you head into the States and you get into the custom build shops where they've got a dozen units on the go, yep. where each one of them, like what you're doing, what to this, who's paying for that? Mm -hmm. Are you silly? Yeah. 
custom so everything. It's neat. Yeah. Building a whole car just from scratch, and yeah. it turns turns out better than it ever could have out of of a factory, right? Like yeah. all that kind of shit. But so to to get into the to the mind blowing, like the stuff that really makes me go, wow, I can't believe I was part of that, is those packages. Like there was a, a Ford truck, an F one hundred that mm-hmm. was built here in Saskatchewan. Uh, for the uh, children's hospital here in town. They called it Snake Bit. Yeah, I was going to say Snake Bit. I remember that and one. And <laughs> to hear, like, that was my first one. That was kind of our first one as a build team. Yeah. Uh, I only got to do, you know, wheels, tires, some custom polishing, a little bit of custom paint work on it. You know, I, you know, I didn't get to do, to drive any of the machine to make it, what it was i just simply followed what those what those guys were doing and tried to outdo what they were doing like just trying to be in the same room in the same ballpark in the same (laughs) classification where you got to bring your a game because you know the word was that they were gonna take it to the auction and and sell it at the auction and in las vegas like wow yeah you know to be you know little guy in a little shop uh, just like all the builders that were involved in that package, you know, it, it took a, it took a family to put that thing together. Mm-hmm. And then, mm-hmm. uh, we got to display it at SEMA and I got photos with it. Like Gene Simmons was there, Shannon Tweed, God. you know, the whole build team. Um, you know, I was culture shocked. I was celebrity shocked. I was yeah. totally like... I can pretty much walk into any room and loudmouth my way into being the center of attention. Not very often I'll shut up and, and you know, I've got two ears and one mouth using them, use them in that equation and just watched and listened. And then to have the team introduce, you know, little Chad that got a, you know, I got a little part in this gig, but it has nothing like... Yeah, in the grand scheme, it you know it all worked together and all came to make a beautiful project. But to get introduced to the big builders, like oh yeah, this is Chad. He you know that's his wheels. You know those are his tires. You know and they you know take a look in the bed and and take them take these high end car builders. Like mm-hmm. well, look what they did back here. You know and and have those guys go oh neat. Like how did you do this? How did you do that? And and you want to just like you're falling over yourself yeah, to, yeah. to explain to them how you did this totally stuff, and your heart is beaten and and they're just talking about a car they're like these are car people car guys car girls that's all they're doing like yeah. so they had a camera following them and you're trying to you know you were told stay out of the way of the camera right yeah pee on get out of the way peasant peasant so yeah those um you know, that truck was when I got to be part of the unveiling at SEMA, I got to watch the awards. Like it was, it was number one at the Ford booth. When we took it, we knew it was going to be on display. We didn't realize it was going to be the display at the Ford booth. That's crazy. Front, center, biggest marquee, you know, like literal unveiling where the tarp comes or that silky sheet comes yeah, off yeah, of it, yeah. you know, and you think, and I got to be part of that and front row and being able to see everybody's the look on the face and the camera flashes and that's like a dream it totally yeah when when i graduated you know they always ask you you know well where do you want to be and what you want to do and i they said where do you like what do you want to do when you get older where do you want to be and i said i wanted to live in a big city and fix celebrity porsches 
well, I got to live in a big city and build custom vehicles <laughs> with celebrities. Yeah. And, I, you know, I, I realized that I wasn't able to be part of the auctioning of the vehicle, but I was at home, you know, sitting on the edge of my seat, watching it go across the block and seeing the people like my fellow builders you know, to be able to be so proud of them, you know, yeah, a tear dropped. Right? Yeah, yeah. I watched that thing when the gavel fell, like $450,000, like damn near a half million yeah. dollars for an old pickup truck, right? And yeah, to be part of that, you know, that was a corrector. That was a, wow, you know, we, we did it. No kidding. You know, it took all of us, like uh, all of us, it took everybody, every cool builder, every cool person, everybody that donated a dollar, everybody that donated a part, a piece, a time, labor, yep. you know, their shop, their business, you know, a, a specialty machine that only they have and only they know. It took so many people to build it, and it was, yeah, what a great dream to be part of it. That's pretty spectacular. I still get shiver bumps thinking about it. <laughs> you know what, Chad? Let's pause right there, but we're going to continue our conversation in the next episode. Thank you for listening to Bald Tires today, a proud member of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. Of course, follow along, like, and subscribe. And for more pictures of what we talked about, you can always go to jthomasauto.ca. Follow me on Instagram and Facebook as well. There's a new episode every week. Thanks for listening to Bald Tires. I'm Jay Thomas.